friend. Welcome to the Mamahood After Trauma podcast. I'm your host, Emily Cleghorn. This podcast is for mamas navigating childhood trauma while also walking through mamahood. Together, we will empower each other to connect with who we were created to be versus who we were told to be in our trauma. I'm so excited that you've decided to take some time out of your day to join me and tune in. I hope you find this podcast uplifting and empowering. Let's get to it. Today, I am so excited to be having a conversation with Karen Robinson. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, no problem at all. So excited for our conversation. So Karen, why don't we get started um, just by um, you introducing yourself and sharing a little bit of your story and what brought you to um, Health Thrive Dream? Sure. So I am a trauma survivor and also a trauma recovery coach. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a dysfunctional family uh, where there was domestic violence and childhood abuse and also poverty. And so I knew as a young child and as a young woman that I didn't want my future to have the same kind of atmosphere or condition. I knew I didn't like the way I felt mm-hmm. growing up in that situation. Um, I had a suicide attempt when I was about 12. And then before 14, I had run away from home. And then after that, my life did change for the better. I really buckled down at school and worked towards getting um, a full scholarship to the University of Maine. Um, And then since then, uh, I mean, there's been bumps, of course, nobody has a perfect life, right? I've Mm -hmm. had some hard relationships and and so forth. But um, right now, things are going super well. And I'm I'm really excited about that. So thank you. Oh, Heal Thrive Dream. Um, Heal Thrive Dream is a company that um, I launched with my daughters. I have two young daughters and we just wanted to do something to show women, um, mm-hmm. especially moms and you know, and daughters too, that um, we understand that there's a lot of oppression and a lot of trauma. There's trauma for boys and men as well, but um, it's more prevalent with females. And so we just wanted to do something to show our support and we offer products that are healing, inspirational. Um, we offer coaching. I'm also a, a full-time therapist, a mental health therapist. So the coaching I do is more around, a little less therapy and a lot more um, learning how to be account, accountable to your new, the new way you want to live, your new lifestyle, your new habits, the changes that you want to make. So mm-hmm. I think that's it in a nutshell. Awesome. So when, when did your healing journey really begin? Was it when you were after, after the age of 14 or was it when you became a mom? Hmm. Oh, that's such a good question. I hadn't really thought about it like that before. So I really didn't have any kind of counseling as a teenager. Um, I did do something on a, on a spiritual level. I started working with a, a mentor 
Her name was Van. She has since passed away. And so um, she helped me with things like my first communion. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was also in New Brunswick, by the way. I know that's where you're located. I'm located in Virginia. I don't know if you remember that. But I grew up, I spent a lot of my childhood in New Brunswick. And Van was very special. She um, helped me prepare for this religious experience called, you know, First Communion, which is a, a Catholic tradition. And one of the things, she had asked me about my story one time, and, and she just was super sweet and was very encouraging and just reminded me that despite everything that I've gone through, that God loved me. And she just made that very clear. She gave me my own personal Bible and written that in. So I, I feel that that was pretty healing. Um, I think the friendships I had throughout high school um, was a super positive experience. I think that was also very healing. I lived with my aunt and uncle who had stability. You know, they were middle class. So we always had food. We had nutritious food to eat. I didn't worry about whether the bills were going to be paid. They took care of um, their family. And so it just felt more secure. And mm -hmm. I have security. Getting your basic needs met is also very healing. And then when I, I, I had counseling maybe for the first time in college. Um, so I got to experience what it was like to actually just share my story and get encouragement and validation. But um, the first really, really, really good therapist I had that started working on the family trauma was indeed right after my daughter was born. So I, wow. I hadn't thought of it. I hadn't thought of that before. And it wasn't the being a mom part piece, I think. It was a combination of being in an unhealthy marriage at the time, mm -hmm. too. And so that and not getting, you know, I didn't have a, a solid family of origin to help me with mm -hmm. this transition to being a mom, but then also not having a supportive per partner, mm -hmm. the two together was like, um, so yeah, I had a really great therapy therapist who taught, told me about the book, Dan Segel's book, um, Parenting from the Inside Out. So I learned how to reparent myself. And, mm -hmm. and learn to really evaluate what would be important to me in my mom journey. Mm -hmm. So that, that was truly healing for sure. So what was the biggest action step that you took to on your healing journey? That you, well, at that, yeah, yeah, that you, you benefited from the most that made the biggest impact so at that point the biggest impact was just simply journaling like I've always journaled mm -hmm. through my through my lifetime but in the parenting from the inside out book there's journaling prompts and I did every single one of them I wrote and wrote and wrote and it was super releasing um got to talk a lot about it in, in therapy so it was like uh the exposure therapy of writing and then speaking and then right and the emotional intensity started to come down. And then after that, another pivotal point was when I became a therapist for the military, the United States military. Um, it was 
shortly, let me see, my daughter was maybe two or three at the time. So not that long afterwards. And one of the psychiatrists there told me, well, he asked me, he said, um, we really need cognitive behavioral therapy for our, our military and their dependents. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you can offer? And I said, well, I know about cognitive behavioral therapy, but I will do everything I can to offer those services to the population. And so I started studying um, group curriculums and I ended up teaching CBT to military and their dependents or, you know, their spouses uh, for over uh, 17 years. Um, And when I was first doing the teaching, I did all the homework myself and that was life-changing. So I learned the importance of identifying what our triggers are Mm -hmm. and then how we think about that trigger and how that Mm -hmm. impacts how we feel. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a lot of light bulbs because the first time I understood that I had control over what I thought about and Mm -hmm. how that directly impacted my emotional health. Mm -hmm. That was very healing too. Yeah, that's huge. Connecting that dot that first of all, knowing, getting to know yourself on the level that you can recognize and know what is triggering for you all on its own is huge because not a lot of people realize what triggers them. They just know that something sets them off and it it's like a domino effect. Um, and then knowing, knowing that that you have control. You're not powerless in the situation of what you think you can control it and you can control how you think about something. That's huge. That's huge. So what is one, one action step that you would recommend for, um, a mama who's listening today, who um, knows that she needs, something's got to change. She cannot continue in the, the tug of war that she's in, um, but she's not quite sure where to start. Mm-hmm. So what's one great. action yeah. step that she could take? Yeah, great, great question. I think if you're in a place where you're not sure where to start, what seems to make sense to me might be a a, a concrete action step is to think about your life as having, or your day as having bookends. Mm -hmm. So the bookends being um, a morning routine and an evening before bed routine and just starting there. Like Mm -hmm. you can even Google what are, what are the top healthiest morning routines for new moms? or moms and what are the healthiest evening routines for moms and once you start doing that then you can worry about the rest of your day after because this Uh will set you up for success you know it might be that okay let's say your child wakes up at seven hopefully it's not five or six let's say at seven it might mean that you sacrifice some sleep in the beginning to get up before the baby maybe 45 minutes or so where you are um doing some meditation, some guided meditation that tells you exactly what to do. You know, maybe it's moving your body for a little bit. It just, 
it, it could just be a walk around the block. It doesn't have to be a marathon. So moving your body, doing something like with meditation um, and maybe a little uh, Bible study if you're um, spiritual. Uh, it could be any kind of spiritual text to kind of help ground you. Mm-hmm. So those are, are three things. A uh, fourth thing that I heard that is really good to start the day with where I tend to do it towards bedtime is doing reading something that you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. So if you know you love quilting, you know, reading about quilting, if you know that you want to be a leader at your church one day, you know, reading about leadership skills, just something that helps you feel like you're working towards one of your passions. Mm-hmm. And then the bedtime routine, I know I was supposed to say one thing. So my, my cheat was saying bookends. That's one mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the <laughs> evening routine <laughs> is, um, thinking about how to quiet your life down and your baby quieting down for the nighttime ritual you know what's soothing activities soothing music turn off the tv as early as possible you don't spend your whole evening watching tv because it stimulates the brain turning down the lights turning you know down using soft music using aromatherapy you know, journaling out any thoughts and feelings you have, you know, doing something very quiet, you know, centering breaths. Mm-hmm. And those, if you look, if you work on your bookends, it's, it's really going to make a difference on how your day goes and how your day ends. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing those, that tip. Um, if our listeners want to um, connect with you further, how can they do that? Yeah, the, the easiest way is to go to Karen Robinson 360.com. And that has all my websites, my social media, my booking calendar. And we also have an online membership. It's virtual for women who are trauma survivors. Um, we specialize in working with moms and also career mothers. Um, it's a, an accountability group. It's a support group. And it's just, it's there to help keep you on track with whatever goals you want to set in your life to to heal. Awesome. So I will include a link to um, that webpage where you can find all of Karen's links um, in the show notes of this episode. So um, that's right um, in the description of the episode so that you can um, access all of that um, with ease and you don't have to go searching high and low for it and mom brain kicks in and you like, where did that go um a hashtag real life <laughs> thank you so much for <laughs> for joining me today karen it has been a pleasure speaking with you and i look forward to talking to you again soon thank you so much for having me today awesome Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Mamahood Akutama podcast. If you resonated with what you heard, please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and share it with a friend who would also benefit because we rise together. Until next time, Mama, keep shining.